0: Chapter Thirty Eight of Regiment of Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. Regiment of Women by Clements Dane. Chapter Thirty Eight. Alwyn was out of the train a dangerous quarter minute before it came to a standstill and making for the bunch of violets that bloomed perennially in Elsbeth's bonnet. There followed a sufficiency of kissing. It was like a holiday homecoming, thought Alwyn, of not so very long ago. But not so long ago she would have been exclusively occupied with Elsbeth and her luggage and her forgotten compartment would not have turned impatiently from her aunt to scan the length of the platform. Not a sign of Claire? And Claire had promised to meet her. She prolonged as long as she might her business with porters and ticket collectors and outside men, but Claire did not appear, and she left the station at last at her aunt's side sedately enough, with the edge off the pleasure of her homecoming a telegram on the hall stand however contented her claire was sorry claire was delayed would be away another four days was writing alwyn shook off her black dog and the meeting with claire still delightfully ahead of her was able to devote herself altogether to elspeth elspeth spent a gay four days an alwyn grown rosy and cheerful affectionate and satisfyingly garrulous again found it very pleasant to have alwyn to herself her own property even for four days elspeth might know that she was second fiddle still but though it cost her something to realize that she could never be first fiddle again she could be content to give place to roger lumsden she shook her head over her inconsistency she could school herself rather than lose the girl's confidence to accept Clare Hartill as the main theme of Alwyn's conversation, till she was weary of the name, but she could not hear enough of Roger. All that Alwyn let fall of incident, description, or approval, Roger, Elspeth discovered, had, in common with Clare, no faults whatever. She stored up to compare, when Alwyn had gone to bed, with letters half a dozen by this time that she kept locked up with certain other older letters in the absurd little secret drawer of her desk and she would patter across into alwyn's room at last to tuck in a sheet or twitch back a coverlet or merely to pretend to herself that alwyn was a baby still and so with a smile and a sigh to her own room to make her plain toilet and to say her selfless prayers to god and her counterpane happy days and nights, four happy days and nights for Elspeth. Then Clare came back. It was natural that Alwyn should meet her and go home with her, portmanteau in hand, to spend a night or two. Elspeth agreed that it was natural, three nights or even four. But when a week passed, with no sign from Alwyn but a meager apologetic postcard, Elspeth thought that she had good cause for anger. Not, of course, with Alwyn. Never, be it understood, with Alwyn. But most certainly with Clare Hartill. Alwyn was so fatally good-natured. Clare, she supposed, had kept the child by a great show of needing her help. Of course school was beginning, had begun already. Clare would find Alwyn useful enough. No doubt it was pleasant to have someone at her beck and call again in these busy first days of term. Possibly probably oh she conceded the probably clare had missed alwyn badly had not elsbeth too missed alwyn but she answered alwyn's postcard affectionately as usual if alwyn were happier with clare elsbeth would have given no hint of loneliness a hint she knew would suffice alwyn had a sense of duty but she wanted free-will offering from alwyn not tribute in spite of herself however something of bitterness crept into her next note to roger lumsden who had inveigled her she hardly knew how into regular correspondence her remark that alwyn has been away ten days now was set down baldly with no veiling sub-sentences of explanation or excuse had she but known it however she was not altogether just to alwyn The first hours of reunion did certainly drive her aunt out of Alwyn's mind, but after a couple of days she was ready to remind herself and Clare that Elspeth too had some claim on her time. It is possible, however, that had she been happier she would have been less readily scrupulous. Clare had certainly been glad to see her, had, for an hour or two, been entirely delightful. But with the resumption of their mutual life Clare was not long in falling back into her old bad ways, and in revenge for her two months' boredom, in sheer teasing high spirits at Alwyn's return, as well as in unreasoning, petulant jealousy, led Alwyn a pretty enough dance. For Clare was jealous, jealous of these eight weeks of Alwyn's youth that did not belong to her, and between her jealousy and her own contempt for her jealousy was in one of the moods that she and alwyn alike dreaded the mornings at the school came as a relief to them both but no sooner were they together again than Clare's pricking devil must out scenes were incessant wanton childish scenes yet alwyn sore and bewildered as she was by Clare's waxing unreasonableness was yet no proof against the sudden surrenders that always contrived to put her in the wrong. She would repeat to herself that it must be she who was unreasonable, that she should be flattered rather than distressed, for instance, that Clare would not let her go home. She would rather be with Clare than Elspeth, wouldn't she? Of course. Well, then. Nevertheless, she could not help wondering if any letters had come for her, if Elsbeth. Expecting her daily, would bother to send them on. Roger had promised to write. She thought that really she ought to go home. But Clare would not hear of her leaving. Elspeth wanted Alwyn, so did she. Didn't Elspeth always have Alwyn? Surely Alwyn was old enough to be away from Elspeth for a fortnight without leave granted. Really, with all due respect to her, Alwyn's aunt was a regular old man of the sea. Claire Alwyn's tone had a hint of remonstrance. Oh, I said with all respect, but if she were not your aunt, I would really be tempted to get rid of her. Have you here altogether? You would like that, Alwyn, eh? Alwyn refused to nod, but she laughed. <laughs> get rid? Claire, don't be absurd. Claire looked at her, smiling, eyes narrowed in the old way. "'Do you think I couldn't get rid of her if I wanted to? "'I always do what I set out to do. "'Look at Henrietta Vigors. "'Alwyn sat bolt upright. "'Miss Vigors, "'But she resigned. "'She had been meaning to leave. "'She told us so. "'Do you mean that she didn't want to leave? "'Do you mean that she had to? "'Have you ever seen a liner launched? "'You press an electric button, you know. "'Just a touch. "'It's awfully simple.' She paused, eyes dancing, but Alwyn had no answering twinkle. I wouldn't have believed it, she said slowly, then distractedly. But why, Clare? Why? What possessed you? She got in my way, said Clare indolently. Alwyn turned on her, eyes blazing. You mean to say you deliberately did that poor old thing out of her job? If you did... But I don't believe it. If you did, Clare, excuse me, but I think it was beastly. Demon, with the highest respect to you, quoted Clare, tongue in cheek. But Alwyn was not to be pacified. Clare, you didn't, did you? My dear, she was in the way. She worried you and you worried me. I don't like being worried. Alwyn shivered. Don't, Clare. I hate you to talk like that even in fun its its so (laughs) cold-blooded in fun clare laughed lightly alwyn's youthful severity amused her but she had gone she perceived a trifle too far well then in earnest joking apart alwyn's face relaxed of course she had known all along that clare was in fun joking apart it was time for miss vigors to go I admit saying what I thought to Miss Marsham. I am quite ready to take responsibility. She was too old, too fussy, too intolerant. I can't stand intolerance. She had to go. Alwyn looked wicked. Clare, you remind me of a man I met down at Compton. You ought to get on together. He's great on tolerance, too. So tolerant that five hundred years ago he'd have burned every one who wasn't as tolerant as he as it is he shrugs them out of existence a la podsnap just as you did miss vigors just now who was he don't know only met him once but he tickled me awfully he hadn't the faintest idea how funny he was did he shrug you out of existence my dear claire could any one snub me you might as well snub a rubber ball yes you're pretty thick-skinned claire paid her back reflectively Owen winced. "'Am I? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. How, just now?' Claire yawned. "'Well, for one thing, you needed to flavor your conversation exclusively with Deans. They bore me worse than if they had an A in them.' "'I'm sorry.' Owen paused. Then she plucked up courage. "'Claire, I stayed there two months. The Dean people are my friends, my great friends.' I don't think you need sneer at them. Claire yawned again. Oh, I wonder you ever came back, if they're so absorbing. What is the particular attraction there, by the way? The old women or the young men? Alwyn's lips quivered. Clare, what has happened? What is the matter with you nowadays? Why are you grown so different? Why are you always saying unkind things? Claire shrugged her shoulders really alwyn i'm not accustomed to be cross-examined such a bore giving reasons besides i haven't got any oh don't look such a martyr i think i'll go home said alwyn in a low voice i don't think you want me but elsbeth does doesn't she clare settled herself more comfortably in the comfortable chesterfield as she watched alwyn out of the room she lay like a sleepy cat listening to the muffled sounds of alwyn's packing let her get ready to her hat and her gloves and the lacing of her boots before she called her back and played with her and forgave her at the last yet she found alwyn less pliable than usual convicted of sin she was yet resolved on departure if not to-day no of course she would not go to-day after behaving so ill to her clare then the day following that would be friday a completed fortnight and saturday was Clare's birthday had Clare forgotten alwyn hadn't anyhow oh she must come for saturday and what would elspeth say to that there must be one evening at least given to elspeth in between after all it was jolly dull for elspeth all by herself Clare, good-tempered for the first time that afternoon supposed it was rather but on that particular day Alwyn's qualms of conscience were unnecessary. Elspeth was not at all dull. Elspeth, on the contrary, was tremendously excited. And Elspeth had forgotten all about Alwyn, was not missing her in the least. Elspeth had received a letter from Dean that morning, and was expecting Roger Lumsden to supper. End of chapter 38